Hello, hello, and welcome to the 10th episode of Frankie's Mama Reads. I cannot believe that it is the 10th episode already. I've been going at this for 10 weeks now. Also, that means that this stay-at-home order has been in place for a really long time because it was already in place when I started this podcast 10 weeks ago. So, things are starting to open back up, though. I know around here we've got businesses that can open and restaurants can have uh, guests come buy food and eat outdoors on their patio. So that's pretty nice. It's starting to feel a little bit normal again. And since things are starting to open back up, instead of doing a small bookish spotlight this week, I am going to tell you guys to go check out your local bookstores. Many of you are in areas where your local bookstores are open again. The small independent ones especially need your business, so definitely check out your local bookstores in your area. If you don't have a local bookstore in your area that's open, then go ahead and go to indiebound.org where you can find a local bookstore, maybe in another area, maybe one in your area that is shipping books out right now, and you can give your local independent bookstores some support right now. Next week, I'm also not going to be doing a small bookish business shout out because I am going to be doing an Instagram shout out. So if you have a bookish Instagram, the cool kids like to call that a bookstagram, if you've got one of those, send me a message, let me know, and I can tell all my listeners to go check out your bookstagram and give you a follow check out what you're reading right now, check out your Goodreads if you've got it, or your blog if you have one, and just give the Bookstagram community some more support. So if you've got a Bookstagram, definitely send me a message with your Instagram username, and I will let my listeners know to go check you out. I'm going to do this next week with this um, Instagram shoutout, so that will be next week after that not sure. Maybe I will go ahead and do more Instagram shoutouts. Maybe I'll go back to small bookish business shoutouts. Maybe I'll do something totally different. If you have any opinions, as always, you can send me a message too. You can reach me at Instagram at Frankie's Mama Reads or on Goodreads also at Frankie's Mama Reads and we can chat about it there. All right, so this week, as I mentioned on our last episode, I am going to be introducing a new rating system. So most people, and Goodreads included, do stars, so five stars, four stars, all the way down to one star. And there's nothing against stars. Stars are cool. However, Frankie's Mama Reads is doing something even cooler. Are you sitting down? Are you ready? My new rating system is avocados. Now, hear me out. We've got a five-avocado book, similar to your five-star book. We've got four-avocado book, all the way down to the one-avocado books. I am going to walk you through how I rate books and how a book can get five avocados and how books, sadly, sometimes can get one avocado. I open every book assuming and hoping that it's a five-avocado book. So I'm going to start by telling you about 
five avocado books and how books can get five avocados, and then we'll go step by step all the way down to a one avocado book. Alright, so we get to start with five avocados. Now a five avocado book is something that blew me away, and I still think of it days later. Like, I shut this book in the last page and I said, whoa. If you know Joey Lawrence Blossom, whoa, that's what I'm thinking. If you don't, here you go. Whoa, this is amazing! Do you guys remember that from Blossom? That was Joey Lawrence. It was like his catchphrase. And he always said, whoa, like all the time, way too much. I save my woes for five avocado books only. So here's what makes up a five avocado book. The plot was intriguing and well executed. So the plot was unique, or at least a new spin on a story that's been told before. The next thing that makes a book five avocados is that the author's intentions were successful. So if they wanted me to love or hate a character, I did. Or if they wanted me to be confused or guess incorrectly, I did. The next thing that can make a book five avocados is that the characters stuck with me so much that I sometimes wonder how they're doing. I'm not kidding. I have actually wondered how characters are doing days later or thought, oh, I wonder what they would do in this situation. That is pretty cool. That means the author did a really good job creating that character, giving backstory, everything. The next thing that can make a book a five avocado book is the writing style. So that means the writing style was not only great, but it helped the author tell the story. So sometimes books are written in a way that maybe isn't my normal go-to or something that I usually like, but it turns out to be the best choice for this story. The last thing that can make a book a five avocado book is that the ending was perfect. Now, what I mean by this is that it felt believable and did the rest of the story justice. This does not mean that I loved the ending or that the book ended the way I wanted. An example of a five avocado book that I've read recently is The Dream Daughter by Diane Chamberlain. I mentioned this book on my Mother's Day episode and weeks later I still think of this book. The plot was extremely unique. I definitely guessed incorrectly more than once and maybe was even hoping for things that just were not going to come to be or really couldn't come to be, but I had that much invested in the story. The writing style here was flawless and the plot was paced perfectly. I think about Carly, the main character, often and wish things had been easier for her, but understand that they were the way they were for a reason. And finally, the ending was the right ending. I don't want to spoil it, but the ending was not what I wanted to happen. But it had to happen, and I get that. But it's still disappointing, but also the perfect ending. In talking about this book even now, has me feeling the feelings all over again. So hands down, this book gets five avocados. Now I realize that I didn't explain why I chose avocados as opposed to apples or bananas or 
monkeys, whatever. The reason I chose avocados is because, first of all, avocados are awesome. Second of all, they grow in California as well as Mexico. So I'm from California. My great-grandparents were from Mexico. So there you go. It ties in with my family as well. But also, because avocados are super versatile, and hear me out, you've got a five avocado book, which equates to five avocados. Five avocados make some legit guacamole, okay? One avocado is not even enough to make avocado toast, and y'all know avocado toast still isn't cheap. So, by going with avocados, I'm going with a produce that isn't that cheap, especially now that I live in Illinois. Avocados aren't as cheap as they used to be. It's like a dollar something for one avocado. And therefore, the books are still being given one avocado, which means they're still being given some credit. Avocados are still yummy, even if it's one. So I didn't want to go with something where it's like, ugh, only one, that's not enough. No, we've got one avocado, still pretty good. But give me that five avocado, and we've got some good guacamole coming. So, The Dream Daughter by Diane Chamberlain is some good guacamole. All right, four avocados, still making some pretty good guacamole. And it still means that I loved most, if not all, of the book. The reason for the one avocado deduction is either that there was something I would have changed, or it just simply didn't quite blow me away the way a five avocado book does. So, I rated The Secret Book and Scone Society by Ellery Adams for avocados because of the pacing. It got a little slow and then picked up again. Also, for being a cozy mystery, this one was also a bit darker than usual, but if that had been my only critique, it would have still been five avocados. So the pacing really had a lot to do with that, and obviously you can see here it's still four avocados. I still liked the book quite a bit. It's just there's a couple of things, or really just one thing, that I would have changed to make this even better. And that's just for me. Other people love this book, and it's a five avocado book or five star book for them, however they rate. So I totally get that. Four avocado books really are kind of that book where it just for me wasn't quite five, but still awesome. I'm still recommending it. I still think everyone should read it, or anyone interested at least should pick it up and not be deterred because of my one avocado deduction. Which now brings me to a three avocado book. So a three avocado book is good. It wasn't awful, but it definitely didn't blow me away. And it may have been slow in a not so good way, or it may have had too many characters or plot lines or something. It just didn't quite succeed enough to even get that fourth avocado. So it might have had more than one factor, not just being slow, not just being convoluted in a bad way. It, it has a combination. For me, Something in the Water by Katherine Stedman was a three avocado book. So this is a book that was by an actress from Downton Abbey, and it's a thriller. I was very much looking forward to it. It's about this couple that finds a bag of jewels, 
in the water and kind of it goes from there. Um, but one of the main reasons for the three avocado rating is that I predicted the ending. Now, I am the literal worst at predicting endings, even when watching Law & Order SVU, which I watch every week, and I've watched every season, so I've seen every episode, I still can't predict the endings of those, and they're pretty predictable. So when I know early on how this would end, I already lost an avocado once that was confirmed that I was right. It then lost another avocado because the main character was annoying, just outright annoying. She didn't have a clue what was about to happen, even though she had just as much information as I did. That's frustrating. She also wasn't likable in a bad way. Like, I just didn't like her, and I think I was supposed to. So that was another reason. The plot idea here was intriguing and unique enough that I wanted to read to the end, which is why this is not a two avocado book. For me, two avocado books often either start out promising and then fall flat, or they are super, super slow, and then the last 100 or so pages make up for it. The Witches of St. Petersburg by Imogen Edwards Jones, unfortunately, was a two-avocado book because, well, a few reasons. For one, this book is well over 400 pages, and it reads so slowly. Now, I am not averse to long books. In January alone, I read two books nearing 500 pages each, and I gave them both four avocados. But the witches, man, this one just dragged. Now, if pacing was its only downfall, it would have had a higher rating. But that was not all that I found wrong with this book for me. So this book was also way too sexual. It's historical fiction. It is not historical romance, at least not in the traditional, like, Harlequin historical romance. Like, the cover doesn't suggest that it's going to be quite that romantic or overly sexual, and it's not that it's too romantic, it's that it's vulgarly sexual. Um, and again, I'm not somebody who reads a lot of steamy romance, but this is like sex with a, I'm not even sure, a demon, or I, I don't remember, I read it a while ago, I think in December, um, and I, I think I've probably tried to not remember some of those parts of the book, but there's also uh, some cannibalism, or no, it's not really eating humans, but they eat, like, live chicken eggs. There's something about just, it just gets grotesque. And so that was another reason for the two stars. And then it is historical fiction, but there's so much changing of history that it's more fiction than history. So there's just obviously, as you can see, there was a lot that went into why this one became a two-avocado book. This brings me to the final rating, which is a one-avocado book. Now, I am going to be honest with you and say that historically I am a very nice rater and have not given any books one-star ratings on Goodreads, which means I have no one-avocado books to give you. 
I did review my two avocado books and I couldn't find it in my heart to lower them to a one. Like there was nothing there that I said, oh yeah, that actually would be a one. I'll say there's nothing there that I said should be a three. So those are all still twos. But I don't have any ones so far. I mean, I would love to never have a one avocado book, but I'm sure at some point I will, especially as I'm trying to be a more critical rater of books. So I will keep you posted on one avocado books, but I am going to assume that a one avocado book, it has to be worse than The Witches of St. Petersburg, which means I probably did not finish it, to be honest, because that one was tough to finish. So it's probably going to be a book that I did not finish. Now, having said that, there is one book that I did not finish this year, and I have not given it a rating yet because I'm going to try it again and see um, if I'm able to finish it and where it stands. It's not going to be a five avocado book and not going to be a four avocado book, I'm pretty sure. I don't think it can redeem itself to that point. But I am going to try and see where it lands. It may land in the one avocado book category, but we'll see. I will keep you posted. And I haven't told you the title because I don't want to skew your reading of the book or anything like that just yet. So there you have it. That is my new rating system. I'm going to be using that in Instagram posts now. So you'll get to see in my Instagram posts how the avocado is depicted. But you'll see one avocado, two avocados. So you'll, you'll probably see five avocados here and there, four for sure, and threes. I'm hoping not to have too many twos and ones, but we'll see. All right, so if you thought that was the end of the show, surprise, not the end. I have a bonus for you this week. You may remember a few weeks ago, I had my husband, Jason, from Oops All Topics on my show. And during that episode, we talked about doing a segment that is stolen, if we're being honest, from Late Night with Seth Meyers, where Fred Armisen judges a book by its cover. So he pretends to know what the book is about by looking at the cover and saying, yep, this is what the book is about. It's hilarious, and Jason has been dying to try this out on my podcast. So, in honor of our anniversary, which is coming up this week, I asked him if he would like to join me and do this segment. So I have chosen, let's see, three books and then one children's book at his request he said pick a random children's book and he's going to try to judge these books by their cover so he has not seen what the books are he has no clue i don't think he's even seen the books before he definitely has not read the children's book before and i i don't think he's seen it we do read a ton of books children's books around here as I am Frankie's mama and he is Frankie's papa, so we read to Frankie quite a bit. But this is not one he's ever seen, and he's not familiar with the three books. So let's bring Jason in and do Jason Judges a Book by its cover. All right, Jason, welcome to Frankie's Mama Reads. How's it going? I'm very well. The birds are chirping. It looks nice outside. And uh, be sure to tell your audience that I haven't seen these book covers 
I guess I'm going to tell them. And uh, and for them to get the most out of this uh, game, that they too should look at the book covers just so they can see what I'm describing. Cool? Sounds good. All right. <laughs> the first book that I have for you is The Book of Memory by Patina Gapa. Here you go. All right. Well, uh, the Financial Times said this, a writer to take to the heart as well as the head. So that's what I, I'm going to agree with them right there when looking at this book. Um, this book is about a woman with a uh, butterfly addiction. Okay. Um, so much, in fact, that she puts butterflies in her hair. In her hair, all yeah. right. And so <clears throat> the reason they call it the book of memory is because um, she has to, like, whenever, like, a butterfly falls out of her hair, <laughs> she has to replace it. And so the <laughs> book of memory is the names of all the butterflies that have fallen out of her head. Wow, that does sound like an interesting book. <laughs> it's mostly about butterflies. All right, do you want to hear what the back of the book says? Mm -hmm. Memory is an albino woman languishing in prison in Harare, Zimbabwe. At nine years old, she was adopted by a wealthy man, a man whose murder she is now convicted of. Facing the death penalty, she tells the story of the chain of events that brought her there. But is everything as she remembers it? So what about the butterflies? I'm not sure. You're the one who said they were butterflies. No, okay, so you haven't read this book yet? I have not read the book yet. Oh, okay. All it right. is on my to-be-read shelf. All right. All right. Book number two. <laughs> Let's see. Book number two I've chosen is The Winter Sister by Megan Collins. <clears throat> All right. By the way, that last one was a little bit right on the head because um, <laughs> the woman is, is uh, very white on the cover, but I digress. Okay, so this is a novel. The Winter Sister. And um, what's interesting about this book is that even though they call it the winter, it's there's really no difference in the seasons. And that's indicative because of what the woman is wearing in this, uh, in this cover. She's wearing a red dress. And she looks to be either underwater or celestial. I'm going to go with celestial. <laughs> Like, she's part of the stars. So, but what is this book about? <laughs> okay. You haven't given me any plot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, the Winter Sister is, this is, this is her, like, this is the Winter Sister, and then part two is going to be the Summer Sister. <laughs> okay. And, and so, the Winter Sister is all about the relationship between us, because it's our sister, and the stars in a red dress. <laughs> okay, Interesting. Let's look inside and see what it's about. It says, 16 years ago, Sylvie's sister, Persephone, never came home. Persephone. I have a friend that named her child Persephone. Oh it means God. bringer of destruction. Is she also celestial or nope. underwater? No, nope, Hispanic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Um, it looks like in present day, Sylvie returns home to care for her estranged mother, Annie, who's undergoing cancer treatment. I'm going to say I don't see anything about water or stars or anything. Well, you yada yada over a I bunch did of yada those. yada over so, a bunch of this. Something about Persephone died. <clears throat> Whenever you read it, let us know. I will let you know, but I yeah, I don't I don't know that the red dress has much to do with it as far as the description is saying. 
or the winter. It might be like an Easter egg once you read it, though. Mm, mm-hmm. Red dress. All right, the, the last adult book I have, because I also have a bonus children's book coming up, the last adult book I chose is Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. it's a heavy book. <clears throat> now, this guy wrote The Perks of Being a Wallflower, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I did not read or see the movie or no. read the book. You don't read the movie. But, um, okay, so anyways, uh, this is about an imaginary friend. Okay, what about <laughs> the imaginary friend? Because I actually have read this one. And um, the imaginary friend <clears throat> lives uh, in a treehouse... And uh, the, the character, who we'll call Persephone... <laughs> no, actually, we'll change it up. We'll call him John. Okay. Uh, the only way he can see his friend is with a uh, spotlight mm-hmm. up, pointed towards the tree at midnight, every night. And he has to climb up to the, um, the treehouse, and that's how, uh, that's how he sees his imaginary friend. And uh, the book is about all of their um, adventures. <clears throat> Okay, I am going to say that this is actually not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a horror book, so I chose different genres for each of the books. This one's horror, and it's actually really scary. <clears throat> but let's see what it says here. Uh, the, the main character is, what did you say, John? John. I think you meant to say Christopher, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, at first I said Persephone. <laughs> that's true, but I think you meant Christopher, because that's who this is about. Um, and... Let's see. So it is about his imaginary friend, kind of. It's it's a little bit hard to describe without giving away too much. But here's what it says here. Christopher is seven years old. Christopher is the new kid in town. Christopher has an imaginary friend. It says we can swallow our fear or let our fears swallow us. Well, there you go. So he does have an imaginary friend. And a treehouse is not far off because his imaginary friend is in a tree. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So maybe since you live in a tree, you would call the tree your house, huh? Mm-hmm. Treehouse. So you were pretty close. I'd say this was mm-hmm. kind of a winner. I also think you might like the book, even though it is really long. Oh, boy. It's something you might like to read. It's scary. You like scary, right? Eh, I'm not. not oh, it's fine. Like Thanos scary, I guess. I don't that's know. Not that's not scary. <laughs> that's more action. Thanos not getting the sixth stone is oh scary. My oh, my. Okay. This is more scary, like, ooh, spooky. Mm, okay. All right. <laughs> Are you, so you've read it? Oh, so that yeah, book you've read, you did not read the other two. Correct. The other two I have not read yet. All right. What about this book right here? Well, this is, this is a book that I'm going to be talking about on my next episode, so I'm going to put that okay. aside. Okay. So it's for not for the listeners to hear about yet. And by the way, um, it's hard, It's really hard, even in this game, to guess the character names, <laughs> but you can do a pretty decent job and get about 10% of the time right just by guessing what's going on in the picture. So anyways. Well, yeah, you can judge a book <clears throat> by the cover, kind of. Mm-hmm. One that might be hard for you to judge, or I don't know, is this next one, which is a children's book, which you have not seen yet. It's mm-hmm. been kept in uh, Frankie's second book room mm-hmm. that we have for him. This one is called Jeremy Kulu, and it is by Tim Mahurin. Wow. Here you go. And guys, I want you to look this book up because this cover is kind of epic. It's an older children's book. Well, could he have not come up with a better name? Because <laughs> it looks like the author's name. I know. I had to, I had to read the book to make sure, but yep. The book is called Jeremy Kulu, K-O-O-L-O-O. There's no fun words on this cover. 
Non-fat. Oh, non-fat. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> this book is about a cat named Jeremy Kalu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he is like a typical cat. He likes to run around. He likes to play with laser pointers. He likes to sleep on the bed of his uh, owners. Um, but then uh, one day he uh, he 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 turns white, right? Like he one, one like he's just one day he's a normal color, and the next day he's white. Wow. And then uh, this is the sad part: there's no owner around, and so uh, he has to open uh, his uh, his his uh, carton of milk by himself. Wow. And so, and that's what this is about. But actually, uh, come to find out, this is only in the middle part of the book. At the end of the book, you realize that he died earlier. So oh that's why goodness. he's white, because he's wow. a ghost cat. Wow. And that's the reason why his owner's gone. And honestly, <laughs> it's a terrible idea for a kid's book. All right. Well, I kind of feel like you may have given us Jeremy Kulu's origin story. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy Kulu is a cat. And, spoiler alert, if you go to the last page... You actually can read the entire book on that page. So hold on. You see it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to read you the entire book. Are you ready? Okay. A big cat drank every full glass. Hiccup. Indeed, Jeremy Kulu loves milk. Non-fat. Oops. Purr. Quick. Run. Stretch. Tired under very warm XYZ. That is the whole book. But what's under XYZ? I don't get that part. Do you do you see this? The alphabet is the... Well, how come he didn't have one for X or Y? I think the author got lazy towards the end of the alphabet. I'm extremely lazy. <laughs> but you know what the O is? Oops! That is right. All right, so that is the book. <laughs> I feel like now if you ever read that to Frankie, you'll remember. Mm-hmm. Your original description and Jeremy Kalu's origin story. <laughs> it's an interesting one. He is a white cat. And I will say, I mean, I hate to be critical of the illustrator, but this cat is not the best drawing of a cat. There's something going on with his, what do you call these? Uh, cheeks. Cheeks? Cats have cheeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something going on. But he's cute. I mean, he likes milk. That's basically the whole moral of the story. Mm-hmm. He's a whitish, grayish cat that likes uh, milk. But also, I don't say in the book, but he's lactose intolerant. Oh, my. Well, at least it's non-fat then. All right. Well, thank you, Jason, for being on this episode of Frankie's Mama Reads. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, my gosh. They can find me and this show and other shows on oopsawtopics.podbean.com. Uh, there's numerous shows on there. I host two. One's for my speech students, but also I have the uh, original Oops All Topics. So, yeah, go there. All right, so there you have it. That was Jason Judges a Book by its cover. I will go ahead and post a picture of all of these books on Instagram. That way you can see exactly what I'm talking about and also see that Jeremy Kalu cover because that is an interesting cat. You can find that on Instagram at Frankie's Mama Reads. You can also find me on Goodreads at Frankie's Mama Reads. And as always, feel free to rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can also send me a message on Instagram or on Goodreads. And until next week, keep on reading. <laughs>